0: This is a special edition of the Technopanic podcast, where we focus on COVID-19, social distancing, and what parents can do while their children are stuck at home with them.
1: I play video games. Fortnite, Fortnite. Overwatch, Minecraft, cool math games, schoolwork, watching movies, watching TV, Mickey Mouse cartoons, Peppa Pig, social media.
2: The Techno Panic Podcast. What's a podcast? Here's your host, my mom, Kristen
1: Turner,
0: and her friend, Ian O'Bird. Welcome to the Technopanic podcast, where we talk about all things living and learning in an age of screen time. And let's admit it, right now during the COVID-19 shutdown, there is a lot of screen time. I'm your host, Kristen Turner. I'm here with my co-host, Ian O'Byrne. And today we have a special guest. Chris Mazura is a high school English teacher in New York State. And he is also the co-director of the Capital District Writing Project, which is a site of the National Writing Project, which is a professional organization that supports teachers. He's also a PhD candidate who does research on um, teacher learning and the practice of presence uh, in professional and personal lives of educators. So Chris, we are really excited to have you here today. Um, But first, before we jump into our topic of self-care, let's get an update from everybody. Ian, what's going on in South Carolina this week?
2: Hi, all. Uh, It's good to uh, talk with all of you again. Uh, Here in South Carolina, we, uh, my institution is closed for the semester. Um, We got the update after our last meeting uh, that uh, we are shut down. Everything is online. My, the local uh, K-12 schools are shut down until middle or end of April. Everything's online. Uh, We are starting to get shelter in place. Um, But now it's the interesting uh, challenge that things are, you know, it's beautiful outside. It's 80 to 85 degrees out. But the, the interesting thing is that we go for walks or runs or ride the bike with kids, or you'll see other people that are out walking or riding the bikes. And it's this weird situation where you see someone riding their bike down the street and you're sort of looking at them like, okay, what are you trying to do? Why? Why are you out riding your bike? And then if you're walking down the the street and you see someone coming up, you're sort of like, okay, am I going to go to the left? Are you going to go to the right? Like, what's your what's your plan here? What are you trying to do? Um, so it's just very. You want to connect with others, but you know you cannot. And so when you see other people, it's this very weird situation. It's it's very unsettling. Um, and so I think it's mentally taking a toll on my family. So we're trying to. Really, stay as positive as we can, not knowing what the end is. Because my kids, once again, I have a, a four-year-old and a nine-year-old. They believe that this is just happening to them. They don't think that this is happening to other people, and it's hard to explain that it is and and what it is. So, um, you know, it's hard to figure that out. Uh, Chris, what's happening with you? What's happening in your world?
1: Hey, so um, my name is Chris Mazura. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast. Really grateful to be in conversation right now because personally, I'm finding that first and foremost, I need to connect with friends and colleagues and parents over shared experiences uh, to problem solve, um, to commiserate, but also to celebrate a little bit. So I hope that we can do a little bit of all of that today. In New York State, where I'm based out of the state capital of Albany, um, New York State is currently, uh, on the date of our taping this, um, the epicenter of the coronavirus outbreak, specifically in New York City, the five boroughs, um, where um, folks are reaching capacity of hospitals. There are a lot of questions about what people should be doing in homes. meaning like, should they be coming out of their homes? Should they be out in the world? What should they come out of their homes for? And that's extended to the state capital of Albany, where we see people, um, going about their daily business, um, going to essential services such as, um, supermarkets, which remain open and, um, ironically, um, liquor stores, which remain open. Um, but then, um, there are other places that are closed. All of our restaurants are closed. Um, and many businesses are closed. So in New York state, we see kind of um, self-imposed restricted movement of people and families. Uh, Kids and families are in their houses, engaging in the work of home life, but also in the work of teaching and learning as schools are shut. Um, There have been rolling closures. Some schools are slated to go back as soon as um, five days from now, uh, or six days from now on March 31st. And some are currently slated to be out through April 20th or longer. Um, so there's a really regionalized um, approach to school closures. In my household, a um, uh, halftime single dad of two boys, and right now uh, as we're taping this, I'm managing um, doing work as a teacher, um, the pleasure of connecting with both of you, and also supporting them in the assignments that they've been given by their second and fourth grade teachers. Um, so that's the, the check-in for me. I'm feeling um, good today and positive, optimistic about the possibilities for um, being a better dad and teacher in this context. But I'm also feeling tensions of parenting and teaching and learning and self-care. And so I'm really grateful to be able to talk with both of you today.
0: Thanks for that update, Chris. Uh, In New Jersey, we are of course the sister state to New York. Uh, We are typically going through um, very similar things because we share New York City as a hub for a lot of the workers in our state. And we are pretty much shut down here in New Jersey. The governor actually just yesterday kind of made it official saying, let me be clear, I will reopen the schools and I am not even going to think about reopening the schools until, and then he gave a date later in in April. So um, he is very much, or the state is very much in control right now. Uh, and, you know, I don't know if anyone follows nj.gov. It's one of the funniest um, state government Twitter handles out there, but um, they are, they are a little bit lighthearted at, at times and lighthearted in a serious way. So the governor at one point said, any of you who have a Corona party, we're going to crash that party and you're going to be in trouble. There's going to be big consequences for having a Corona party. So there is this lightheartedness um, to try to keep spirits up because like you're, you were saying, there is stress and there is pressure. Like Ian was saying that that within the house it's really managing our own emotions but also our children's emotions so yesterday i I came right out and i asked my 12 year old daughter how are you feeling about the virus itself you know we've talked a lot about school um, and everything inside the house but how about what's going on in our outside world and you know, Ian, I know your, your kids are a little bit younger and might not be able to comprehend that, but I think my children at age 12 are kind of recognizing everybody is in this together. You know, my grandparents are in this, my friends are in this, um, and so this is something big in their lives. Me personally, I have noticed a change over the three weeks that I've kind of been dealing with this um, This is our second full week of schooling and working from home. So my husband is home, I am home, my kids are all home. And a lot of us, all of us actually are spending hours and hours a day on the computer. I am in Zoom call after Zoom call after Zoom call, which is great because I get the connections. Um, I get to talk with you guys today and and my teacher colleagues um, almost every day. And at the same time, it's exhausting. It's exhausting in a way that you would think sitting in front of your computer isn't exhausting and I'm realizing, or shouldn't be exhausting. I'm realizing that there's um, there's this over kind of hanging over me of heaviness that I feel like I'm carrying and that heaviness is getting heavier day by day. So I really want to talk today about how I can do a better job of taking care of myself and also then taking care of my children, um, in this situation. So I'm worried about the amount of time they're spending on screens. I'm worried about the amount of time I'm spending on a screen. Um, and I've been reading a little bit about self-care and I found one article that frames self-care in terms of five categories of care, physical care, which is about, are we getting enough sleep? What's our diet like? Are we getting exercise? What's our overall health like? And then social Care, which is um, the connections that you were talking about before. Uh, Do I have enough face-to-face time? Am I nurturing my relationships? And of course, that might be harder when we aren't out of the house, like Ian was saying. And when we are out of the house, we're kind of staying clear of people rather than connecting with them. Mental care. Do I get enough mental stimulation during the day? I personally don't think that one's a problem for me right now. I might actually have too much mental stimulation. Uh, The fourth category is spiritual care, uh, which is uh, some of us have spiritual homes that we call homes in religion, but others of us use spiritual care in a different way. And so I like to think of this as really just reflecting on life or finding things that fulfill you in life. And then finally, emotional care. Are we recharging our emotions and are we processing the emotions that we're going through? Um, so those are five categories that I thought we might talk about today in terms of self-care. So Chris, you know, we asked you to come on because you have some background in this and you think about it a lot in the context of teacher practice, um, but now you're probably also thinking about it in the context of parenting practice. So what do you think? What, what kinds of self-care do we need to give ourselves and our children during this time?
1: Well, Kristen, I really think that um, the reading that you just offered, the categories, are a really helpful way to think about um, self care, which can be kind of an overwhelming topic in and of itself. Um, I find that in these three weeks, with the overwhelm of um, Of different tasks for work and uh, changed patterns in the household and even changed access to critical um, supplies like toilet paper. Um, These contextual elements can even make the idea of self care a non starter, like the context has changed so much that Can I even care for myself in ways that I used to. And if I did, what would that look like. So I just want to thank you for those framing um, Aspects I think that for me personally, as a parent, I'm learning a lot more just about um, what I need to be kind and present in my household, those basics. And the basics are, you know, those things that are intuitive that we all know basic sleep, nourishment or food, um, presence face to face, as you said, um, with my family, and actually spending undivided time being present with them as opposed to um, being present to multiple things at once, like screen um, a meal that I'm preparing and a conversation with them. So one thing that I'm feeling in terms of self-care is attending to the basics of things like sleep and nourishment and relationship. And then also being able to carve out time for critical self-reflection to bring awareness to noticing what it is that I'm up to. And that looks like quiet time. That looks like five minutes in a room just to think through what am I feeling right now? Um, what have I been doing? Um, what can I do next to, um, to create an environment for my kids, um, that feels itself nourishing. So those uh, those are some first thoughts I have about self care.
2: I'm feeling the same thing. Um, I, I read a am uh, helping a bunch of colleagues set up this Facebook group, uh, and it's educators all around the world at this point. And it's it's inspiring, but it's also exhausting at times. Um, You know, we sit in on video chats with new brand new people and try to connect with them. Um, You know, I I, I shared a post with the group a couple days ago, basically indicating that most of us are in trauma. And most of us are going through stages of depression and there's different ways that we express trauma or we, we show trauma. But I think that if we acknowledge it, if we notice and name these feelings and, and really acknowledge the fact that many of us are struggling that, you know, and we all show in different ways, but, you know, I struggle with it and the way that I try to address that is overwork. And so setting those boundaries and stopping and, you know, the, the challenges working at home, we think that we always need to work at home. And so I, I think, you know, just identifying, you know, the the challenges, um, and that we all need different things and I need something that my wife might not need and she needs something that my daughter or my son might not need um, and that we all need something and trying to attend to those very human needs. Um, and at the same time, in the context of this podcast, we always spend a lot of time thinking about screen time and thinking about being a better parent, being a better teacher, being a better uh, you know, colleague. Um, and, and part of this situation is giving ourselves a break, is, is basically chalking it up to we are learning, um, because right now is not, uh, is totally different than it was three weeks ago. Right now, we are in an alternate reality, um, you know, maybe this is an opportunity for us to learn, maybe this is an opportunity for us to grow, but maybe this is an opportunity for some of us to say, you know what? Um, we're going to treat this like we're visiting another country that we're not going to return to again. Maybe we just mentally say, I am here in this new land, I will stay here for a while, and then in a, in a couple weeks, a couple months, whatever it is, I will go back to whatever normal looks like, and, and and this will just be someplace that we visited. But I think we need to to recognize that people are going through some hard things, and we need to recognize that some of us are struggling Um, And we need to really spend time to focus daily on self-care.
0: Your point about working all the time is a really important one because I do think that with the work at home mentality and being on a screen um, and particularly working across time zones. So I find that. I have meetings that are set late into the evening for me because there are also people on the west coast who are part of those meetings and normally that's fine it happens once a month uh, or something like that and now it's been happening almost nightly where i have meetings at seven eight nine at night but i also have meetings at nine in the morning so um, my work day has become a 12-hour workday on a regular basis and I need to step away from the computer and step away from the work zone throughout that very long work day. And I also perhaps need to put boundaries on my work day um, and do the late nights sometimes, but not every day. And I think that I kind of feel like I might be failing at managing it all. And I actually do work at home and through a screen on a regular basis before this. So I imagine that people who are, coming into this just kind of overnight and for the first time might feel like they're not doing it well. And that's okay. Cause this is hard. It's really hard and we do need to give ourselves a break.
2: I think that's one of the challenges is that I agree. I, I've been trying to think about what's different you know, I frequently will sit at my my screens at home and work, and I am very proud of the fact that I can cross train and go from here to my office or to my classroom. And, and, and I'm pretty much, you know, I'm balanced across those different spaces, but it is different now. Um, it, you know, earlier this week, I drove into downtown to my office, and it was entering the apocalypse. I, was, I showed a picture on social media that I had a box of rubber gloves, Clorox wipes, a hammer, uh, a coffee, and some balance bars. And I was trying to get into my office and it was very weird for me to enter my office that I spend the other half of my time uh, and come back. But I think there is the need to uh, carve out work time and have a space in your house. We talked about this on the last podcast about setting up a classroom in our home. You know, So we have a, an area in our house, the dining room that is now the classroom and the laptops for the kids stay there. Their work all stays there. It doesn't go to the kitchen table. It stays on the dining room table. We have the luxury of having two, uh, but we, having a, a place in your home, that is where you go for work. I think that is important for us that is important for teachers that are staying at home or parents that are staying at home working, that is important for our children. Having one place, if possible, that that is where you go to work or learn, that is school, and when you leave it, that's the end of that part of the day. So just the same way that you would get up and take a shower and put your clothes on and and go off to work or school for the day, get on the bus, we we have for better or worse a schedule where you go to that room, you go to that part of the house, you do your work, and when your day is normally done, you get up and you leave that part of the house and you go do human things with hopefully other human beings, online or face to face.
0: Chris, how are you managing this as a teacher and a parent?
1: Yeah, uh, I want to speak to something, Ian, that you just brought up around kind of like the structure and the flow of our days. On the one hand, I think about um, an hour-to-hour schedule that I have as a parent and as a teacher and the structures um, that support me in meeting that schedule. Like the bus comes at a certain time as a parent. I put my kids on the bus. Then I get in the car and I know I have an eight-minute drive to work. I know that during this period of the day, I have prep time and then I meet my students. And there's a, a flow that has been kind of channeled through a structure and a schedule. And I think that there hasn't been enough conversation around what happens when you take away the structures and the schedules um, that around which kind of the rhythms of life have come to flow. And at least I'm finding that as a parent, that when I remove those outer structures and schedules, um, all of a sudden I'm I'm kind of at a loss. Um, I don't quite know um, what I'm supposed to do at which portion of day. And there's a lot more choice now, which is liberating. But um, sometimes the vastness of the choice and the amount of different things that I need to do, similar things from the past, tasks as a teacher or tasks as a parent, and new things like helping my kids manage their logins for all the platforms that they're expected to engage with, these things have changed. So I found one practice that's really helped me. And I've started thinking more about the word ritual than I have about the word structure and schedule. Um, In a secular sense, my feeling about what ritual is, is just the kind of things that actually nourish me through the day. I have my ritual cup of coffee every morning. Um, We have a ritual of entering the household, you know, where, you know, the kids put their shoes and their backpacks in the mudroom. And so, whereas the structure and the schedule might have changed, the times that we do this, the kind of flow of it, the rituals are actually consistent. And I already have those in my life. I know when I have a cup of coffee, it's usually in this period of time. I know that when we're preparing to leave the house, we all kind of gather things together. And um, I'm noticing my kids kind of shouting in the background. We know when we have free time, you know, there's a sort of ritual of exuberance and that has an arc. It gets more and more intense and then it kind of subsides as maybe we go into a meal. So one of the things that I'd say to parents and teachers is in the space of um, dissolving structures and schedules um, to maybe reframe and see that your life has a natural flow as it is, and you can actually um, arrange it and even find some inner and outer order around the rituals that exist in your household as they are. That's one way I'm thinking about the changes and how I'm navigating them as both a teacher and a parent.
2: Is that how we create sanity in our lives? I know that sanity is a... a a very vague term and and reality is vague but is that sort of what gets us through the day as much as we hate structure do we really need that is that part of what will help us get back to that sanity or reality or balance or is it something else and we're just using that as a as a fill-in until we can figure out what it is that we need i think in um that actually that's a
1: really important question to hold as an inquiry as our context shifts and as our households and learning environments evolve so first things first it seems to me that like i just want to pay attention to that and be curious about do i need structure and and what is keeping me sane and i'm learning about that as we all are as we go um I don't know if it's really appropriate to talk about the opportunities that this situation um, provides us all with. But something Kristen said earlier about um, sort of keeping, um, I don't know, a lighter view of things, um, causes me to think about the opportunities here. I often find that the school bell schedule is, um, is obviously really artificial and sometimes anxiety provoking for my students as a teacher. Moving from class to class, and the bell rings. It's harsh. It's three minutes of intensity in the hallways, and then they settle back into class. And so, while that might keep um, us sane as the sort of um, people who are supporting a system as teachers and administrators, um, students have a very different experience of a bell schedule, for example. And I wonder what this opportunity provides us with for households to consider what different flows look like and how we can kind of play with them. Um, that is like, you know, we kind of know when lunch and breakfast happen and maybe that's all we need. And then we kind of know that like, at least for me, um, I have an ability to concentrate more in the mid-morning um, and my kids seem to as well. And that lends itself more to certain kinds of academic work. And I know by the afternoon, we're ready to be outside if we haven't been already. And so I wonder what it would be like to consider um, alternative ways of ordering our days so we stay sane, but that we also feel nourished and that we're doing things that seem in concert with um, how we feel from minute to minute. Um, That's my wondering about what you shared, Ian.
0: I really, really like that. And I like the idea of creating new rituals. So yesterday I had the opportunity to go outside in the sun and it was a beautiful day. And I just stood in the sun and let the sun wash over me and the warmth wash over me. And I've been joking with you, you get the 85 degrees. I want it. Could you please send some North? Because that just really helps me in all of those areas of care, the physical, the spiritual, the emotional, the recharging, all of that, just standing outside quietly in the sun. I've been trying to find rituals inside my home that do the same thing. And um, I've been noticing my eyes have really, really been hurting, for lack of a better word, with all of the screen time. So just stepping away from my computer and sitting with my eyes shut for five minutes. um, I won't go as far to say that I'm meditating, but I am trying to be mindful of how I'm feeling, how my eyes are feeling, and not think about what I do next, um, but just kind of be in the moment and let my physical self take a break. I've asked my kids to, to be more mindful about how they're using screens when they're not on the screen for school because they're on the screen for school. They, you know, that's their work, their job. They have to get it done. They have to check those boxes, but they don't have to then just be watching YouTube on that same screen after they get that work done. You know, they could go outside or have another ritual. Um, And I think that's important as well. And then I like the idea of just also going back to cutting ourselves some slack. So I've read some things about, parents who are worried because their kids are getting done their schoolwork too early and then their schedule is not complete so do they have to create new learning experiences for those children do they have to take them on virtual field trips to the museums and what can we fill the time with um but chris what i'm hearing you say is like maybe it's not about filling that time um maybe it's about rethinking what that time could be or what a new ritual or routine could be
1: i i think that um what you just said about this sort of like following um, the kinds of um, patterns that exist, like working with um, schoolwork and the need to do that, but also leaving space to be curious about what new opportunities might arise for um, bringing ritual into our day. I think that that's a place I'm really, really curious about.
2: Kristen, one of the things that you said really struck me, um, and that's, I felt the same thing yesterday. I went out to take out the trash. And as I was walking back from the curb, I stopped and I looked at the rose bushes near the street. And I said, wow, we have two roses. That's interesting. And just stopped for a moment. And it was a beautiful day once again. And I stopped and I looked at the roses and I was like, that's interesting. Um, And so I think it's it's taking those moments to stop and recalibrate um, and, and taking a moment to stop and see all the, the normal stuff that's still occurring. Um, there's also a lot of interesting, what's been very poetic, I guess, it's the wrong term to use, and I know this is the wrong group to use it with, um, but it's been interesting watching, uh, I think it's Washington Post, has a number of videos they're putting out where they'll send drones through like New York city or Washington DC and no one's there. Or where there's a lot of the photos that, and videos that we see of parks and, you know, and outdoor areas where the animals are coming back, you know, because the humans are not peddling and trotting all over the place. So it's very, it's, it's a bit melancholy at times, but also it's, it's uh, enlightening to see these spaces that we normally are always around and just recognizing them for what they are and sort of like being more mindful of the, the world that we live in as opposed to the stuff that we sort of trudge through every day and we ignore.
0: So Chris, could you give kind of a final thought or tip for parents who are also managing work and children's responsibilities um, and this idea of what our overscheduled lives have become and what maybe we could do to do a little more self-care?
1: Yeah, thanks for asking that. I think I might just return to the categories that, um, that you framed at the outset of the episode the physical, the emotional, the mental, spiritual, and the social, and say that with an overarching approach of taking it easy on ourselves, we can attend to these variety of needs for us first as parents and teachers so that we can then be present to those things in the lives of our children and students. And so I might just go through each category and say one little thing. When it comes to the physical or physiological we can actually just get moving. It could be as simple as standing and stretching from, um, while you're on that Zoom call, rolling your neck a little bit, kind of um, bending down and touching your toes, getting the blood flowing. Or you can take a good, long walk outside in the sun and soak it in. Um, for the emotional, we can just be uh, aware. We can pause, as Ian said, and we can just be aware of our emotional state. And with the awareness of the fact that we might be having a little bit of anxiety or a little bit of tension or even feeling a little bit down we can make a a choice to be able to do something different to change our state in terms of mental that same kind of self-awareness can be there as well to realize when we're um, in a cognitive state that seems to be helpful and precise or those times where we might be in a little bit more of a fog by like 3 p.m. on our seventh Zoom call. We can bring awareness to the fact that, oh gosh, I'm a little hazy and foggy right now and perhaps I need to change it up a bit. Regardless of the responsibilities of the external world, self-care means making the choice to say no, not now. I can step back from this and it'll still be there when I want to return. In terms of the social, um, staying connected in small ways via group and individual text threads, Um, zoom calls or even going for a walk a socially distant walk down a bike path five feet apart from a good old friend Um, you can do that at this time and finally the spiritual will mean something different for each of us but when it comes to the spiritual it seems to me that we connect to some deeper sense of um of a value we hold or a transcendent aim like really what am I up to as a parent or a teacher as a human being at this moment and we can reconnect to that deep motivation regardless of where it comes from as a source of spiritual strength and perhaps even resilience. Um, So those are my thoughts. And as a parent, I got to tell you, I just want to play. I took my kids out on a bike ride yesterday. My two sons, we put aside their training wheels for the first time. There's so much opportunity for changing what's happening in our days. And for me as a parent to experience the joys of new discoveries. And so this afternoon, that's what I'm going to do. We're going to get out on the bike path and I'm going to see what kind of, um, joy we can discover together.
0: What a great idea! I was invited into my kids' fort that they built uh, yesterday, and and it took me back to my own childhood and, and loving just to build a fort wherever I could find space for it. You've also made me feel better about the um, hour long nap I took yesterday, so that I could actually see my computer screen again. <laughs> um, and my husband caught me, and I said, "You know what? I don't care. I had to do this. I had to recharge. Clearly, my body needed it. My mental health needed it. All of those things." So. Um, to all the parents out there who are juggling work, whether you're a teacher or not a teacher, and I know it's this is especially challenging time for teachers because they are caring for their own children, but also all the children who are in their care at school. They are worried about them and caring for them and trying to help them through this time as well. Um, but whether you are a teacher or another working-at-home parent right now, we know this is a hard time for you, and we hope that you can take some of some time for some self-care. Chris, thank you so much for being with us today. Ian, any last words from you?
2: No, I'm just looking forward to spending time with my kids, uh, with my family now today, Uh, you know, carve out those moments where we can bond a little bit more and really focus on spending this time and, and really not waste this time not dread every morning, but let's not waste this time. I have an opportunity to just focus on my wife, my son, my daughter, and we can spend time to get to know each other um, and, and not wait and wish and hope for something else to be here when I have everything that I need right now.
0: Wonderful conversation. Thank you, both of you. Um, as always, Ian, it's great to talk with you. Chris, you always help me to be a better person. So thank you for coming on today. Everyone, we'll, Ian and I will surely talk to you next week with another update.
2: Stay safe, all.
0: Thanks for listening.
2: Now I can get back to
0: watching my videos.
2: Check the pellet out.